fellow history nerds and historians. My name is Christina, and this is Mythology. This is where we talk about a little tidbit from mythology. That's super fucked up. So the first day of spring is March 21st, and I really, really wanted to tell a myth about how ancient people viewed the changing of the seasons or just a story having to do with a deity associated with spring in general. And I'm really indecisive and apparently a little bit of a masochist and I couldn't make up my mind. So we are going to do three stories, a Celtic one, a Norse one, and a Greek one. But don't worry, I will put them in separate parts so that we don't get confused and overwhelmed. But yeah, we're going to do three. So this is Aftap Mythology, Spring Edition Part 1, where we will be talking about the Celtic goddess of spring and my main girl, Bridget. Get your oh good god, what the fuck face is ready. Bridget is the Celtic goddess of spring, but the day that she's celebrated is not mid-March when most people celebrate spring. It's actually a whole holiday that's dedicated to her in February called Imbol. Imbol begins at sundown on February 1st and goes until sundown on February 2nd. It celebrates the beginning of spring when the first flowers start emerging through the snow. It's said that on the night of Imbol, she walks the land, awakening the trees and the flowers from their slumber and ushers in spring. And it's said that if you leave an article of clothing outside, she will imbue it with luck and prosperity for the year as she continues to walk the earth. Bridget is not only the Celtic goddess of spring, but is also a mother goddess, a goddess of fire, the forge, smithcrafting, art, crafts, light, the sun, wells, springs, other sacred waters, healing, childbirth, poetry, the hearth, beer, brewing, and martial arts, according to one source that I read. She's also a protector of mothers and newborns and is said to be the origin of keening, which is a cry of mourning and grief, which she invented after one of her sons was killed. She is a Tuatha de Danann, which is a supernatural race in Ireland. They've also been described as deities or fairy folk. Her father was the Dogda, which means good god. Now, he's the wise chief of the Tuatha de Danann and was the god of life, death, the seasons, agriculture, fertility, magic, and druidry. In most mythologies, it just talks about her father, but there are some myths that say that her mother was the Morrigan or the Phantom Queen and one of my other favorite cultic goddesses. I'm going to do a whole segment about her at some point, but she is a goddess of the dark time of the year, so it will probably be later on around Halloween or Samhain, which is the time of year that she's associated with. Now, when Bridget's mother was pregnant with her, a druid prophesied that the child would be wonderful and there would never be another like her. She will be radiant. She will shine like the sun among the stars. Bridget was born as the sun rose while her mother was standing over the threshold of their home. This means that she was born in a liminal space, which is really important to Celtic mythology. A liminal space is something that is but isn't, basically. She was in the home, but also outside the home. 
Beings that are born in liminal spaces are said to be more in tune with the natural world, but also with the supernatural or other world. When she was born, she was bathed in new milk still warm from the cow, which is said to be full of magic. As an infant, she apparently refused all nourishment except that from a white cow with red ears or a fairy cow. And as she grew, wherever she walked, flowers and shamrocks would grow. She began performing miracles. She turned water to beer, made immense amounts of butter in one story, even from nettles and bacon from tree bark. Now, the Celts were a nomadic tribal people and often kind of split how they worshipped their deities. Um, the goddesses were usually of the land, like that Mother Earth ideal that perpetuates in so many different cultures, while the gods usually traveled with the tribes. But some tribes loved Bridget so much that they took her with them as well. She even made her way into the New World when the Europeans emigrated, and she was incorporated into the voodoo belief as Mama Brigitte, the foul-mouthed, fair-skinned death loa with red hair, whose drink of choice is rum, infused with hot peppers. Although her conversion into a voodoo loa may have actually been from the Christians. Because so many of the Celtic people loved Bridget so much, when the clergy came to convert them to Christianity, they didn't want to give her up. So the Christians essentially stole her. <laughs> they were like, no, 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 no. She's, she's not a pagan goddess. She's actually a saint. You you don't know about St. Bridget? St. Bridget is the daughter of a pagan Irish chieftain named Dubtok and a slave named Broisach and was born around the year 450 in the Common Era. Much of the story of her childhood is the same as what I've said before. As she grew, she started performing miracles, like converting bath water in a leper colony to beer, feeding the masses with minimal food, healing people with her sacred waters, and more. Someone turning water into alcohol, feeding the masses, and healing people. feel like I've heard this story before. They Christianized her story even more, though. Bridget sought to become a nun, not a goddess, and became a pure and virginal icon. It said that when the Bishop Mel went to consecrate her as a nun, a crown of light shot from the top of her head, and immediately he declared her a bishop. The other men in the clergy that were in the church were like, uh... <clears throat> dude she's a woman she can't she can't be a, a bishop and mel was like i don't make these decisions did you not just see the ray of light coming from her head this is god's choice do you want to go against god because i i don't want to go against god she's she's a bishop this is what we're doing so she and the other eight women that were consecrated with her formed a monastery at Kildare in Ireland that had monks and nuns and she ran all of them, which was really unheard of for a woman to be in this position. The miracles that she performed were not these like amazing huge feats like a lot of the other saints. She would fix broken vessels of pottery by breathing on them and turn stone to salt. She made old cows that may have been drying up give lakes of milk. And if an animal died or went missing, she would restore it to the family. She continued to feed the masses and make beer out of water. She healed lepers and freed slaves and transported prisoners of war back to their homes in a blink of an eye. She was compassionate and understanding. When one of her nuns became pregnant, she didn't send the nun off or chastise her. She just made the baby disappear. 
without birth or pain. No one explained to the church what that is because she is a pro-choice icon even today. So the church continued to perpetuate this myth of no, of course, of course, she's wonderful. She She's the best of the best, second only to Mother Mary herself. Uh, in, in fact, we call her Mary of the Gale. And in fact, she was the foster mother of Jesus. But don't try to do the math because I know I said that she was born 400 years after Jesus was born, but she, she was there. She's not a pagan, a magical pagan, or a Celtic goddess. She's a Christian saint appointed by God himself. Bridget was not like other female members of the clergy. She traveled around a lot and met with other religious leaders, including St. Patrick of the day fame. And this is the reason that I chose her to talk about first instead of the other stories that I'm doing, because St. Patrick's Day, which I find kind of ironic that she's associated with him, but we... We'll get to that. It said that Patrick and Bridget treated each other as equals and developed sort of a sibling relationship. Patrick would talk to people and attempt to convert them, and Bridget would magically produce more food and beer for them. They both developed their own congregation that followed them and their teaching. One source I read talked about how well they complimented each other, that Bridget embodied fire and water, which she also embodied as a pagan goddess while Patrick embodied earth and air, which all of that just sounds like pagan propaganda to me, but what do I know? So by including Bridget in Patrick's story or Patrick and Bridget's story, however you want to look at it, it gives her so much power in a patriarchal belief system. She wasn't there as a servant to Patrick. He wasn't there to lift her up and be like, oh, she needs a man to be successful. They were equals. And that is actually really amazing. But what's not amazing and what I kind of have a problem with is the belief that Patrick is venerated as a saint for running the snakes out of Ireland. But there were never snakes in Ireland, like scientifically and historically. What there were, though, were Celts, namely the Druids, who were said to have snake tattoos down their arms and were said to associate snakes with wisdom. And with the conversion of Christianity, the snakes that the Druids were associated with became the serpents of Eden and therefore evil. And Patrick ran them out by, at best, displacing them from their homelands and at worst, slaughtering them. To go further and to talk about why I really have a problem with this association... These stories have taken a well-loved goddess of the Celtic belief system, so loved that she was adopted as a saint and made her associated with the very person that was responsible for destroying or at least attempting to destroy that belief system. And it, it, to me, it just feels like she's been bastardized and used just to push this narrative um, her holiday of Imbol was even taken from her and is now turned into Candlemas, which is a traditional Christian festival that celebrates the purification of Mary 40 days after Jesus was born when she presented him to the temple. Because let's not forget, Jesus was Jewish. But within the last few decades, she's received a huge influx of worship and belief as the Celtic goddess of spring, etc. And not just the saint that she was turned into. She's one of the most well-loved goddesses in general, not even 
just with those who practice the neo-Celtic belief system. So, Bridget, we welcome you in the return of spring at this time of year as the snow begins to melt and the ground begins to warm and the flowers begin to bloom. Thank you so much for listening today. If there's a story from history or mythology that you would like to hear me talk about, please reach out. I'm always looking for new ideas. And if you like what you heard today, please consider subscribing. That way you get notified when I release my other two spring stories that will be coming out soon. And remember, history might be watching you. So don't fuck it up. Bye. Bye.